And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Five minute freak! <laughs> ah, no way! F-R-E-A-K! Your ordinary fur-barren rebel! Uh, hi, welcome, and uh, I guess this will be a five-minute Fear the Walking Dead, we could call it. And we're going to do it kind of the, under the umbrella of the five-minute freak. Uh, I'm Scott McGregor, Scott 2.0, um, and just a little disclaimer here. We uh, did a recap of uh, all of Season 1, um, show by show. Fear the Walking Dead is obviously the, the red-headed bastard child of uh, The Walking Dead proper. Uh, I'm joined today by Professor Alan Middleton, and very grateful to have you here, sir. Hello, um, hello, hello. I said we originally did this last year, um, just the six episodes that was the first season um, on the Mindless Drivel show, um, which is not going to exactly work out this year, possibly. But uh, I had some people requesting um, us to continue doing them, and um, so I went ahead and recruited one of the people asking me about it. <laughs> Let that be a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Let that be a lesson. Exactly. Hey, Scott, are you going to do those recaps yeah. again? I'm not yeah, about I'm putting you to work. somebody to help. Yeah. Thanks. You just, you just volunteer. You know, it's like those, uh, it's like those uh, the staff meetings at, yeah. at the office. Yeah. You never mention something that could be fixed yeah, because exactly. then you're on the committee. No, you're chairing the committee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great idea. Why don't you get it's on that? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I see the way you operate. Yeah, well, I, I may recruit you for the whole season at this point. We'll see how <laughs> this one goes, but, uh, you know, we're committed now, so. Yeah, this is great. This is another Two True Freak show. I can check off the list. Yeah, yeah. I'm you're... slowly working my way through. I, that's my master plan. You're making that's, your rounds better than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm already, you know, a producer on the network, and I'm begging people to put me on shows, and, and you're, you're nothing but crickets on my answering machine. But uh, yeah. I, I have seen a few of those Facebook posts. <laughs> yeah. like, I've got nothing to do this afternoon. Will somebody podcast? I, I'm pretty shameless. <laughs> And, and Mike Mike Zumo uh, just actually put out a call for for someone on on another network, I think, for a show he does, and and I haven't watched enough Supergirl to go and do it with him, and I'm kind of bummed about that because I've had Mike on a show too, and he's fun to talk to. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we kind of slacked off on this a little bit, and we're gonna do episode one and two on one fell swoop here. Um, have you been? Are you a you're a fan of the uh, the Walking Dead proper too? I'm assuming, uh, Alan. Yeah, and and in in general, I'm not a horror guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a zombie guy. So you know, really, Walking Dead is uh, is pretty much the sum total of my zombie 
experience. I think it grabbed a lot of people like that, though, that never thought they would be into a show like that. And it's just the uh, the gore aside; it's the it's the the themes that come out in the show yeah. and the discussions. And, yeah, and the episodes that are light on gore that irritate some folks work just fine for me if the drama and the characters and the writing works. Yeah, and Fear the Walking Dead, the first season, was a pretty slow burn, and a lot of yep. people weren't happy with it. But I, I was, I'm kind of like of the mind, I, I honestly, uh, put it right on the table, it's not a great show yet. Um, I have some issues with some of the writing so, and yep. some of the actors and stuff, but I'm committed because I love playing in this universe, and it's... Yep. It's it's great for people like me that now have read all the comics too that we are we can't you know we don't know what's coming we don't got that oh wait wait till you see this uh, you know it's totally new territory for us yeah I came to the the Walking Dead comics a few years after they you know they'd been going on for a while and sort of had had become part of sort of the comics zeitgeist yeah and so I'm I'm reading it through trades from the library and I'm probably three years behind or so. In the in my comic book reading of The Walking Dead, I've just finished up the All Out War story with Negan, mm-hmm. um, and I like the fact that with this, with Fear the Walking Dead, as you said, there's not a blueprint. Yeah. We don't know where they're going, and certainly on the on the parent show, uh, you know they they do divert, you know somewhat. Uh, the but, parent show may have lost me. I'm fronting because I'll probably go back and watch it next season. You didn't, season like, anyway, that, you didn't I, like that ending? No, I thought that was a real kick in the nuts to, to fans. That's a cliffhanger. What Did did you really expect to know who he was killing? Yeah, because they, they built it up all yeah, all I, season, man. It yeah. was supposed to be the big reveal at, at the end of the season. And, you know, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I left a bad well, taste usually in my what, mouth. It's, it's, it's actually usually when I'm watching TV with my wife and she... You know, figures out what's coming next. I said, "How'd you know that?" She said, "I've been watching TV a long time." Yeah. You know, I th- and I think that was a case with that Walking Dead finale. I thought, "I've been watching TV a long time. They're not gonna show us." I just, I think it's kind of a stupid idea um, from a producing standpoint because I don't see there's no freaking way that they'll keep the secret that long. There's no way. Uh, you know, yeah, they, that's true. They all came out. And there's already, you know, the the producers are on. You know, the day after the producers are out there basically apologizing for it. It's like, no, no, really, it's okay. You'll 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 forgive <laughs> yeah. us later. What you know, was the show? Was it the killing? I think that was the show that did that. You know, the the first season was all about this particular murder mystery, mm-hmm. and at the end of the first season, they did not reveal who the killer was, and came back to the second season with about one third the audience. You know, so you can annoy your your viewers so much that they don't come back. Yeah, yeah. I think there might be enough Walking Dead goodwill that uh, that's for all the that yeah for all the the angry and the huffing and puffing. No, well, they could lose you know five million viewers and, and still, and be, still okay. be rocking it. So yeah, I, I, it's it's a risk worth taking, I guess, for them. But well, I mean, it's I call it the J.J. Abrams syndrome now. Yeah. Um, that you you know you just. After they pull something controversial or something, you know, you've got the directors and actors and all getting out and doing damage control about it. And really, the more they talk, sometimes the worse it just gets for them. Because originally, they, you know, all the cast members were saying, you know, we don't even know who. They haven't even filmed the, the murder scene yet. We don't know who's dying. And then you've had other cast members who have left the show earlier. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know who's dead. And so it's just like it falls apart. 
And all it's going to take is is one day of everyone being back, you know, filming, or a couple days of everyone being back filming. And, you know, someone is in the towns that they shoot in is going to leak, hey, guess who didn't show up for work this yeah. year? <laughs> it's, it's really not going to take much. I'll be or, impressed if they can keep or, the secret. but Or when they get cast as the lead in the show right. next spring yeah. for, for the, uh, the upcoming <laughs> fall season starring yeah. Yeah. Stephen Young or you know, whoever it would be. Yeah, uh, exactly. Oh, okay. Well, that's the other thing that really is, and I, I'm sorry this turned into a Walking Dead rant right in the beginning, but <laughs> I think we may need to get it out, or I needed to get it out. But Yeah, I, I, the other thing I'm just putting out there, just in case the producers actually ever listen to this, is that if you do end up just killing Glenn anyway, spoilers for the comics, yeah. What was the point? <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're, if you're going to do the cliffhanger, tease that about four episodes before. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't happy with some of the choices last season, but hey, I'm but, enjoying. But what this I like one. about Fear the Walking Dead <laughs> mm-hmm. is that it is a totally it's, total it's blank slate, o- open open waters. I guess Which is good and say. bad. Yeah, so, good and bad. Um, yeah, and um, well, last season we saw pretty much the last scene was you know Los Angeles going all to hell. And um, the Clark family and Daniel and what was left of his family, Daniel Salazar, played by the awesome Ruben Blades. Yes. Always love him. Um, and and just, I am going to call him Ruben Blades yeah. for the rest of the show for Me two too, reasons. probably. One, yeah. it's hard, you know, the pronunciation. I'm an Anglo. Yeah. And two, <laughs> Ruben Blades just sounds like a cool name. It does, especially That's for this problem. show. Yeah. <laughs> You'll go with Blades. I'm good with that. <laughs> But but we acknowledge that we both know yeah. it is Blades. Yeah. <laughs> Four years of Spanish in high school, I can get some pronunciations <laughs> right. Cerveza, very important one. Um, but yeah, um, so we saw them hooking up with the mysterious Victor Strand, who kind of befriended Nick in, in the lockup there, and uh, who's apparently a big high-end insurance salesman or something, but he has a $10 million boat, so he's really high-end insurance uh, salesman. But um, he kind of befriends Nick because he sees Nick's value as a survivor, a.k.a. junkie. So I'm not sure how those two really go hand-in-hand hand sometimes, but um, he, he does have a point. You know, junkies are nothing if not resourceful. They, they know how to get what they need when they need it. Mm-hmm. I think I That's said it. That's a skill set that could come in handy in the post-apocalypse. Oh, I think I said it in last year's recaps when I was doing my uh, drug addiction counselor uh, rehab um, internship. We had one counselor that, that talked to a group and you know asked them the classic question, who would you bring to a des- deserted island with you? And you know, everyone's saying like, you know, doctor, policeman, you know, you know, carpenter or whatever, you know, and the, and the counselor was like, no, nah, I'd bring one of you guys. Cause you know, all it would take is a day of you being away from your drugs and you would find a way off that freaking Island. So <laughs> MacGyvering a, a raft out of coconuts and dead monkey skulls or something. But, um, yeah, so we've hit the water on strange yacht and um and fun ensues uh obviously strand is is waiting for the rest of the crew they've got one little dinghy apparently shipping the family back and forth and um he realizes other people will probably be coming for the boat soon and so tries to hurry nick up to get the rest of the family um get a little horde of walkers on the beach and travis and maddie dispatch them um pretty well with rocks and sticks 
and uh, you know the fun begins, and then we get a lot of floating and talking, um, and <laughs> I suspect there will be a lot of that in this show. Now, now uh, I have uh, I have an eye for this one thing, mm-hmm. and it always stands out to me as a negative. And when they're on the beach, there was some pretty mediocre green screen. Yeah, I noticed on one scene, and that's just something that I always I I. I can pick that up for some reason. They're, they're definitely and it always takes me out. They're not definitely not getting the lion's share of the the Walking Dead effects <laughs> budget. Exactly, yet. and uh, they pulled off some pretty good scenes in the uh, first yes. episode. Yes. Um, but I think it's wise that they, you know, they're centering it on kind of a boat for the most part, as far as we know, because that'll cut down on because they're they're playing around a lot bigger cities and stuff than the Walking Dead proper which is a lot of forest scenes. So, I mean, we can't, you know, that'll break a TV show's budget quicker than anything if you've got to show lots of large destroyed cities and thousands of extras and all that stuff. <laughs> but uh, it's actually already been renewed for season three, so they must have some confidence in it. Um, as I said, some of my immediate issues with the show has been some of the actors just really are not selling the chemistry to me. Um and I'm hoping that improves the more time these people spend with each other. You know, um, I'm sure every show has those early hiccups. Uh, but like the Maddie and Travis thing, just really not buying them as a couple much at all. Um, one of the better actors on the thing, other than Ruben, probably, I think, is the young girl, Alicia. Yes. Um, she really seems to have some chops. And um funny thing about other shows, and there was a big... Uh, a big dust-up over a show she used to be on called The 100, mm-hmm. and she played a lesbian character and um, did a really great job on that show, and everyone was pissed. They killed her off that show. Spoilers. And, um, <laughs> you know, everyone started the social justice warrior crap about, oh, you got to kill <laughs> off another lesbian, and, you know, it's like, no, she just got another job, man. You know, I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> some conspiracy. Walking Dead probably pays better. What can you do? You know? But um, that aside, yeah, I've been really enjoying her work. Um, Nick, uh, Chunky Johnny Depp, as I call him, um, adequate and seems to be getting better. And um, I, I, but, but, but like you said, they don't, they don't strike me as brothers and sisters who spent their entire lives together. I like Nick and Alicia's interactions a lot i think that's pretty organic mm-hmm. him and his mother isn't bad i don't know um they're starting to grow on me mm-hmm. um more of the adults bug me some of the <laughs> and i just feel like there should be more shock and awe sometimes it just seems like oh this is happening but i would be like in a corner in a fetal position you know <laughs> so the zombies are coming to get me i've got <laughs> a feeling even at this point though this early in the apocalypse if you were of that mindset, which you and I would be, yeah, you know, you know and pretty much every podcaster we know would <laughs> yeah. probably fit this criteria that uh, uh, we wouldn't have made it to the boat. No, no, I, yeah. Know, so there, there's something about that. We'd like to think we're geeks, you know, savvy and apocalypse savvy because we we uh, pick apart all these things. But in reality, yeah, we'd be the first to go probably. And 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 what I like about the Reuben Blades character. And and even the uh, 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 the boatman Victor a Strand mm-hmm. is that you you do get the sense with both of them you know you 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 pointed this out with uh, 
with uh, Salazar last year is that they have seen stuff yeah, in yeah. their lives, yeah. and maybe they have done stuff yeah. in their lives. So I buy them being a little more cool and collected. I'm not sure about the high school guidance counselor or you know some of the other adults. Yeah, you know I'm not sure they have been as prepared for this. I still vote Travis most likely to get eaten soon. He just seems to make some really <laughs> stupid decisions sometimes. But he's got warrior blood in him. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yes. Um, but uh, the first episode uh, was titled Monster, which um, didn't really come up so much in the show, but in the promos they were doing a quote, which I believe is Nietzsche, about becoming the monster to, to fight the monsters or something to that effect. Isn't that Nietzsche? Professor, come on, help me. That that sounds right. Yes, okay. <laughs> could have googled that before the show, but <laughs> already did way more preparation than I usually do, so that wasn't happening. Um, but yeah, so we we get on the boat finally. Uh, Nick gets zombie kill of the week, definitely. That was pretty cool. By using, say. by using the small vote, you know, it's almost obvious. By using the small, I would have been disappointed if they hadn't killed a zombie like that. Let's put it this way. But by you know the classic raising up the boat motor and. Chopping the thing's face off in the water, uh, so got a, a waiter, you know, Walker. I guess we could call him a waiter. Um, and then we'll get some floaters later on, which sounds like a bad thing in a toilet, but in this case, it's zombies. Um, now the whole crew reaches the the yacht um, with Chris's mom's body in tow as well. Uh, and they did depart for deeper waters, watching uh, cities burn in the distance as they leave. Um, you know, Strand throws out a little joke to Daniel about the boat being able to get them to El Salvador if necessary. Uh, uh, the, the, I think the the dynamic between Ruben and 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 Strand is, or Daniel and Strand is, is going to be good because the, they are the two like alpha males of this. You know, right. they're the two hard ass survivors, and and they'll either you know become kind of co leaders in all this, or they'll end up uh, locking horns somewhere along the line. And there's already hints of that in the second episode. Um, uh, as expected, we eventually get a raft full of survivors, and this is kind of where the monster situation comes in. And and being pragmatic, you know, you, you kind of got to go a strand side. You know, Maddie and and Nick and everyone is like. Aren't we going to help these people? You know, we got to still help people, right? And even Travis, you know, finally gets a little stone cold in this and says, "We just can't." You know, it's just we can't save everybody. We help. We we help us first. Yeah, and we are. We have we have developed into a teeny tiny community. A lot of people who don't know each other. Yeah, but we're sticking together for right now. And Strand mentions that he's he's already met his mercy quota for the week. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And and it's still, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be unveiled, but um, it's it's still kind of questionable why Strand is being even this altruistic towards this crew, you know, unless he just wants some cannon fodder because he, he feels like the kind of person that would rather survive on his own. Um, but he's he's bringing along people for some reason. We know his attraction to Nick, which may not only be because of his junkie skills, we don't know yet. Right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Though those do come in handy. Spoilers <laughs> yeah. for later in this episode. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, interesting dynamic on the boat, that's for sure. And everyone keeps, like, it's it's almost like, go ask your mom, you know, if dad doesn't agree with something. Because everyone's, like, <laughs> making all these decisions without consulting Victor. And then they get to him and they're like, the hell with that? This is my boat, you know. 
Yeah, later on, he says, what is it? There are three rules. <laughs> yeah. One, it's my boat. Two, it's my boat. Three, it's, it's my, my damn boat. boat. <laughs> yeah. Which, they got to agree with him, man. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, um, it, it's going to be a hard world, and, and the people that get that are, are going to survive, and the people yeah. that don't probably won't. And then Alicia finds a little buddy on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think his name was Jack. And yep. uh, he starts giving her a little information. Um, they also hear a Coast Guard radio basically that saying, you're much. screwed, we can't help you. Uh, so anyone on the water, you're on your own. No rescue by land, sea, or light air. No. And uh, someone said, yeah, the, you know, what's going on? I, I don't know. The whole world is an I don't know right now. Yeah, yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things I like about this, just the concept of the show compared to the parent show, one is, as you said, totally different setting. Yeah. Setting of sun, <laughs> of, of sand, and of water. Yeah. You know, at, out on the open water, so you're not, you're not in rural Georgia. So just a different setting. The cinematography also, is really bringing it, too. We yeah. get some really good shots in this. Um, and in the last, last show, um, there were some really... Really good camera work and really good scenes and just vistas and yeah, I think we're going to get a lot of that and some good so you, underwater. Yeah, so you, yeah, so you get a lot of pretty scenes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and and one thing also, and I there's a quibble with this that that'll come up later when we when we discuss episode two, but the time frame that this is taking place in, we are still really really early. Yeah, I think you know the Coast Guard is up and telling people what's yeah, going on yeah. but they're still in existence for example so we are really early Which that on, might be a the, little in, yeah it might be a little inconsistent with the first that's season. what i'm yeah and and also later uh, yeah. something in the in the, the the in in episode two but yeah i still think we are pretty early yeah because episode i mean i don't think it was that much of a jump but there was a little bit of a time jump when they were all being kind of quarantined in the town there Oh, it seemed true. like it was right. a couple, right. three weeks, maybe. Um, I have to go back and check that for sure. But it, it felt like it was at least a couple of weeks, you know, when the army stepped in. And, and I guess it would take, it would probably actually take less time for civilization to completely crumble. Um, but you'd like to hold out hope that some of the major agencies would survive past a month. <laughs> but <laughs> for if, all the one, it, but if, if one person in the Pentagon turns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the old, you know, the old uh, you know, uh, joke about being, you know, being locked in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not that we have, you know, we, we, you know, you're not locked out from them. If one person turns, you are locked in. Yeah. With them. And I think and, they're going, doing a good job of showing that that we need to get away mm-hmm. from people and and right. big populations. The original show does that too. That mm-hmm. anytime you get into big groups, you got problems usually. Um, I still think the kids are, and rightfully so, I think, are a little more realistic about their situation. Uh, Travis and Maddie are still trying to hold on to hope that, you know, they might find something in San Diego. And it's like, oh, we're going to find some place that somebody's set up, you know, presumably completely forgetting their experience with the Army earlier. Um, <laughs> that the authorities may not necessarily be your friends at this point, even if you do find them. Um Yes. And I have a theory about this boat we'll get to later that's mm-hmm. kind of following them. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll save that. But, and um, the, go and ahead. again, in, in comparison uh, to, the, to the main show, you know, I like kids of, these, of this age. Yeah. 
you know, we compared don't to really really young kids. Yeah, Carl's or, or like, young adults. Yeah, so you've you are hitting that that uh, the teen concept of where yeah. everything in your life is changing anyway, right? Yeah, and they showed a, they did great showing you know the kids viewing stuff on YouTube in the first season, right? Right. You know, and being like, oh, is that real? And you know, mm-hmm. which would right. be what would go on nowadays. You know, you wouldn't know if this actually went down. You would have no idea if it was real or not from seeing it through like social media. You'd no no idea, um, and so that was kind of cool. But I think yeah, they have a better grasp of how fucked they are. Excuse my language. Um, and as I said, Travis and Maddie still still try to tell the kids it's like oh it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, and we're going to find somebody. And the kids are like, how the hell do you know? Exactly. <laughs> you know? We get that you're trying to do the parent thing. Good on you for that, but. You know, it, it's a waste of time at this point. Um, yeah, so Alicia's chatting with her boyfriend, probably starts giving him too much information, which may bite them in the butt later. Um, Chris spends some time with his dead mother. Uh, so very unhappy stuff there. Um, obviously, they didn't have time to deal with her before they had to do the little exodus. Daniel and Chris bond over some fishing. Always good. Uh, Nick tries to help Ophelia with her wounds. I'm just going over my notes here. As I said, a lot of floating and talking in this episode. (laughs) But that's good. It's a good claustrophobic area for for us to get some good um, character development because we have no other choice, really. You know, these people have to... And it's kind of good that they're interacting with... You know, they're kind of sending us scenes of different characters interacting with others. And... um, Nick, I'm a little, I, I kind of forget. I mean, I, last I knew, I thought he was out of his uh, his pill supply, and the boy should probably be going through some major withdrawal at this point, but we're not seeing it. So I think they might have dropped the narrative ball on that one. Yeah. Um, but he was looking for pills in a later episode, so he may not be out of the woods yet for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Maddie and Daniel talk. Maddie's also, I think, is going to end up being... She's kind of almost trying to get under Daniel's wing and, and learn how to be a little harder through him. You know, and she seems to be a little more understanding of the, the rough choices that uh, that need to be made. Although it's, it's inconsistent sometimes because she was kind of the one that was pushing to save people from the boat. And in the next episode she was pushing to save people. and then And then she'll make a hard choice and it just seems contradictory a little bit. So I think the writing's a little off there. Yeah. I like you know, there's a little bit of suspicion of Strand. Mm-hmm. So someone asked, you know, when exactly is he sleeping? Which I thought was an, an, an interesting idea, this sort of laying that groundwork. And can, to what extent can we trust him? What is his game? What, yeah. Why has he been so nice to us? And Daniel calls him Ahab, which I thought was a nice little <laughs> touch. Uh, although we don't know what he's hunting yet. He's hunting something. Um Another little quibble I have in the second season once we get there about him. Uh, Daniel, um, you know, catches a nice eel for dinner, and we, we eventually have the uh, the Liza funeral, which, did we really want an open casket for this, kids? <laughs> she got a head wound, <laughs> and she was turning into a zombie. I, you know, I that, uh, can't understand a, why Chris got upset at that. It was a slightly awkward funeral. <laughs> yeah. And Travis did a great job of trying to, you know, yep. keep things light and do the good memories thing. And the best thing we created was our son. And, you know, it was a good, good little heart-wrenching scene. And 
And of course, Chris kind of freaks out and, and just unceremoniously dumps his mother in the water. Yeah. You know, burial at sea. Um, I like I like that actor too. He hasn't given uh, the kid. Yeah, they haven't given yeah. him a ton of dialogue or stuff to do yet. But you can, but so far he's done sullen and withdrawn. And, yeah, and a little bit of shock and mourning and all of those things reasonably well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He he's definitely got potential. It's good to see actors you don't know too in this. I mean, it's sure. it's kind of yeah. cool to see. I I know the guy that I've seen the guy who plays Travis in a lot of different things. Uh, Cliff Curtis. I can't remember mm-hmm. any off the top of my head. Um, and the mother who is her name Maddie or Kim Dickens. I know she's been in some stuff too. But let me look it up. Oh, Hollow Man, Blindside, Gone Girl. Huh. All right. Yeah, she's been in some stuff. Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay. Aha. That's where I've seen her. Anywho. Um, yeah, so the, the the funeral doesn't go well, and then, then Travis goes and kind of confronts, doesn't confront him, but goes and tries to, to uh, you know, comfort Nick a bit, and we, we or not Nick, but Chris, and then we get the, uh, the vicarious thrill of what we've all wanted to do our, to our fathers at one point or another is punch him. <laughs> um, maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a rite of passage as a young man, right? <laughs> when Especially he, when your dad shoots your zombified mom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really we've all been any, there. We've all been there. Yeah, you know, well, metaphorically anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, my parents will never listen to these podcasts. <laughs> But, yeah, to be expected, Chris punches his old man. But he eventually does come out and, and looks like he's going to have dinner with the family uh, and instead decides to go and take a swim, you know, because that's always a good idea in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Which we're almost led to believe he's maybe trying to off himself. But yeah. um, And Nick, being the fearless guy that he is, as explained, explained by Victor, uh, jumps right in after him. I like that. You know, he's the first to act. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, to some extent, he's the weakest of them, right? He has the biggest weakness. Right. And I would argue. But, you know, there's some other character traits. He's not just an addict, quote unquote. Yeah. And as someone who's worked in that field, you know, of addictions and, and knows a lot about it, it's it's very nice to see that stereotype kind of broken and, and not not to suggest that being an addict is a good thing and gives you good life skills, but it gives you but, good apocalypse skills at least. And also all sorts of people right. can become addicts. Exactly. And But it also shows that you know an addict can still have a heart, can still be brave, can right. still care about other people. So I really think that's a brave choice by the writers, and I definitely applaud them for that, for making Nick one of the stronger characters, as you said, where he could be just the weakest one in the weakest link, which... Who knows? It may go that way. And, and certainly, if they have the the withdrawal, yeah, ep- episodes, you know, he could be become Which, a major liability. Well, he 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 leaned towards scumbag quite a bit in the first yeah. season, where he was <laughs> leeching off the, the morphine drip. <laughs> that was pretty harsh, but he didn't take it all. He was just leeching a little bit, and so he, was sharing. He, he still cared about the patient in general. Um, so uh, Nick, uh, and Nick gets a little too brave for his own britches, and, and uh, they find this this wreck of a ship that looks like it's been shot all to hell, and we finally get our floater zombies, which I'm hoping 
is not a trope that they overdo in this, that it's not every episode we come upon a new wrecked ship and we have to fight off zombies in life jackets, which it's good that everyone's wearing their life jackets, but... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it could get old pretty quick. <laughs> Scott, what is worse than pirates? Zombie pirates! Zombie come pirates, on! absolutely, and we may be meeting some of them, too. Uh, it's, it's implied that um, Alicia's boyfriend... Um, that she might have given away too much, and yes. one of the last things she hears from him, apparently everything is going to hell, and then he kind of mystic, you know, uh, mysteriously says, you know, I'll see you soon, basically. It's like, I got you, I'll yeah. see you soon. And then we, we find out that Victor's been tracking this boat that's following them that's a lot faster, and it looks like it's coming at him. Um, and that kind of ends the first episode, is them trying to get away from... Uh, from you know the mystery boat and and nick actually finds almost gets eaten by a zombie he goes swimming under the boat and and ends up finding conveniently a log book all sealed in, in plastic and everything and swims back with that because reasons log book ex machina um and so they go through that and they find out some more information like san diego has been destroyed which is, victor strand doesn't believe right away now that's into the start of the second se- the second episode was it is that right i believe so uh, no, no, or, or, or it's right at the. I guess he's found it. I guess yeah, they, maybe they it's right at the end, right there. Yeah. So I just power watched both of these, so they just kind of ran together <laughs> in my brain a little bit. Um, yeah, but moving on to season two, I thought season. I thought it was a good start to season one. Um, slow burn again. Got a little action at the end. Um, zombie kill of the week, which will be hard to top. Um, <laughs> and some good character development, probably. Better than a lot of what we got in the first season in only six episodes. Um, because, as I said, of the closed area, and we're going to get to see a lot of people talking to each other, which a lot of people hate, but I love it. I love seeing actors do their craft in whatever situation. Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can only have so much zombies until that gets old. If you're, if you're just in one of these shows for the action, watch one season and then get out. You know. Yeah. But if you want to see actors... I love seeing actors grow into roles. As I said, uh, they're not selling me on some of the chemistry in the show yet, but I have. I think if I go back and watch the first, the regular show, that's going to happen to me too. Yeah. You know I mean, that they me, didn't though, really get into their groove till about the third season. Yeah. You know. But, you know, to me, zombies <laughs> are the setting for these, you know, adventure dramas. It's just too bad it didn't go to animals, too, because zombie sharks would be freaking incredible. (laughs) Oh, with lasers. (laughs) Yes. Laser eyes. Absolutely. Zombie octopus, the zombie kraken comes out, you know. (laughs) I'm all about that. Uh, That's my head. That's my head movies. (laughs) What would be worse than Cthulhu? Zombie Cthulhu. (laughs) Exactly. Ah, all right. Um... Episode two, um, and I'm, I'm hereby calling the ship that they're on the minnow from now on. Uh, so I said the minnow and company flee into the next episode. Um, and the next episode is called We All Fall Down, which is, uh, you know, a, a callback to Ring Around the Rosie, which we'll find out later. The minnow fleeing the oncoming mystery ship uh, finds a little cove. And uh, apparently they see a light that leads to a ranger station. And they, they find a family who's got things set up pretty securely in a ranger station. Uh, first, before that even happens, Maddie, of course, reams out Nick for being Johnny Want to Save People and, and jumping into the water. and Well, not Chris, but, I mean, everyone else he was trying to save. 
Oh, and you're right. Yeah, they do read about San Diego and everything. Um, Travis, again, tries to play comforting father. We'll be okay. Chris isn't buying it. Uh, get more floating and talking with Daniel and Ophelia. They actually stay with Victor on the boat, presumably to keep him from leaving. Good call, Daniel. Uh, and to snoop around a little bit, which we'll find out about later. Um, and they find uh, uh, a survivalist family, kind of. Dad named George and Melissa and three children. Um, yeah, what I liked about these guys, I guess technically they were survivalists, but they, to me they weren't the stereotypical survivalists. At least not at first. We get to learn yeah. a little bit later that Dad's been you know, kind of preparing for this stuff for a while. Yeah, but yeah, but I I I don't <laughs> sense that these were. I mean, you know, they were working at a ranger station. It is a, yeah. you know, you know, a respectable, responsible position. Yeah. And so to me, he's almost a survivalist by training, almost not by some, you know, yeah, religious, he, re- religious fervor or so right. or, or something else driving him. And I think it was, and maybe Seth even kind of poo poos that label exactly, when, yeah. when uh, Chris asks him. He's like, "No, we just were." He basically says we're libertarians. We're yeah, we're, yeah, exactly. You know, we're we're just self sufficient, and we you know we know how to survive shit. You know, yeah, but it's not sort of again to, to me. There's almost a stereotypical rednecky sort right. of quality when you say survivalist. Yeah, and as you said, the religious angle comes into it a lot, and yeah, that Ken's. doesn't really. It's more of a, nat, a naturalist, naturalist, yeah, almost, yeah, yeah, uh, point of view as far as well because. Going back to the main mythology of the show, this is a universe that zombies don't exist in in popular culture. Right. So, I mean, these guys weren't preparing for the zombie apocalypse. Right. <laughs> Obviously, they were just, you know, and, and it doesn't seem they were preparing for the biblical apocalypse right. either. Um, but if that happens, damn it, they're going to be ready. Um, but, and and, and, and ac- actually, one thing I like about this, the, again, sort of the timing of fear versus the regular show is that and it's you know it's become very uh, popular in the last couple of decades the concept of the post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. story. I like that this is so far mid-apocalyptic yeah. almost. You know yeah. the apocalypse is still happening. Yeah, everywhere. And I think it. that's an it just just it's it sets it apart a little bit. Yeah, and as much as they may overdo the trope of water zombies, I, I'm also afraid we're gonna it's gonna get old. We're we're going to have just a series of, although I'd rather see this than water zombies all the time, is that they're going to have to go ashore a lot. They're going to encounter a lot of survivors and, and dead on the shore and have to deal with that. But hopefully the people that actually know weapons will go on the shore more often. Cause I was watching that first beach scene and Maddie and, and Travis are beating off, you know, walkers with rocks and sticks. It's like, didn't anyone grab a fucking kitchen knife or something for this? <laughs> you know, before they left the house, you know, he had to have a bat or a, a fire poker in there somewhere. Come on, prepare, guys. <laughs> that stick may not, you know, it was like driftwood. That's not going to bust a skull on the first <laughs> first swing. <laughs> and and we learned that basically the whole western half of the U.S. is gone for practical purposes. Yeah, George has uh, been keeping up on the shortwave radio stuff. Which, mm-hmm. um, the survival tip, that's, that's where you want to go when the crap hits the fan. Yep. Let's keep those uh, shortwave radios going. Uh, hams of the world unite. Um, in, in, including most of the West Coast just being bombed. Yeah, yeah, they, they talked about that quite bombed a bit. That the, uh, the, the Army and Air Force, and it's probably how it would go down that, you know, 
It basically just uh, <laughs> destroy the village to save the village. Yep. Mm-hmm. To use an old Vietnam <laughs> cliche. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, so George has been keeping up on current events and you know, he basically uh, tells Travis the tale of woe all the way out to the Colorado Rockies and he's like, yeah, that's half of the damn USA right there. And uh, as we know, things are not much better out east. Um, yep. So, yeah, that, that sets the stage. I'd still love to see, and I'm hoping they'll... I noticed they made a real point of uh, you know mapping out how far the, the boat could get that they're on. You know, and, and, of course, Strand made the joke about being able to make it to El Salvador. I'd love to see him try to make it, you know, so, yeah, let's see what's going on in South America. Why not? And, right. you know, so we get a little more global scale of of how far this is going. You know, wouldn't it be kind of a hoot to find out that the U.S. is the only place this is happening in? Right. <laughs> you know, and the rest of the world has been like, best of luck. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all his fault. Happened on your watch. <laughs> It wasn't a Muslim conspiracy. It was a zombie conspiracy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Universal for... health care. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it, it almost seems like we might get back. It almost seems that Victor might be tied into this somehow. Yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, the showrunners have always said we're never going to explain how this all happened. So we'll see if they go back on that or just kind of leave us a little mystery yeah, we box. We hinted at that a little bit in the first season, I thought, with some sickness and I, you know, I was sort of getting, it was something on the, on the health side, but yeah, well, I mean, anytime something like this happens, you can usually blame the military. I think that's always a good bet, Uh, you know, or military (laughs) scientists trying to create the perfect weapon and having it backfire. It's an old cliche, but it's, it's a solid (laughs) one. (laughs) Uh, What else we got? We got, uh, well, lots of floating and talking and lots of, uh, you know, bonding with, uh, Nick and Hippie Survival Dad talk about the apocalypse, and, and George kind of comes up with his, which would kind of be my point of view if something like this happened, is just like, yeah, maybe nature just decided it's it's time to purge the rolls or something. That you was know? an interesting thought. I mean, I like that he had a theory. Mm-hmm. He did have a theory, and again, it's more a, it's more a naturalist yeah. approach to this, you know, basically saying, you know, Nature is pulling up the weeds, and that's us. Yeah, which the next step in evolution is coming. Yeah, which zombies. Which a lot of people would, you know, be like, "Yep, God's punishment. It's all over. It's the apocalypse." Mm -hmm. But yeah, he takes a little more pragmatic uh, and natural view of it, which might be the way it's supposed to go. If if the whole universe carries out to its natural conclusion, you know, the walkers will win. You know, and we are the, all the walking dead, and it'll just be a planet full of walkers eventually that are starving. Uh, <laughs> and they'll have to move on to the animal meat. Uh, no more veggies. Uh, and again, you know, you were talking about uh, you were talking about uh, uh, Nick the addict, or what did you call him last year? Johnny Depp. The junkie Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Yeah, yeah, junkie Johnny Depp. <laughs> and again, he's really good with the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, again, he's got a bubbly personality. He's upbeat, but he had clearly hung out with kids before. It was like he was, you know, exaggeratedly excited. He's a big brother. His, and I, exactly. I exactly. think they have a good relationship, and I think yeah. you know you could see in the first season how concerned. And this is a testament to that actress that how concerned she was about her brother, and yet she yes. also had an air right. of like he's gonna, you know, you got to let him do what he's gonna do. Yeah, you know. Now, uh, what about what did you think of uh, of survival kids 
action figure collection? Um, well, obviously, uh, well, you can see Dad's been, he hasn't held anything back from yes. um, as far as the world. He hasn't been sheltering him. He's like, this is where any, he did that to Travis, too. He kind of burst one of Travis's, things are going to get better bubbles and be like, no, dude, they're not. This is it. <laughs> explain, explain exactly how. Yeah. <laughs> how do you come back from firebombing San Diego? No, not happening. Things are different now. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, we, we got the G.I. Joe collection with all the uh, the headshots <laughs> yep. penciled in, and and they're all named after neighbors and family members and stuff. So it's like, yeah, these kids are, are seeped in... in zombie world trauma from day one mm-hmm. and that's the first time nick also hears about um you know the power pill that uh that young william maybe has yeah is his name william harry actually is his name the the young son's name um and i didn't i didn't make the connection at first I and mean, he said power pill i thought he meant i thought the kid was on ritalin or something yeah you know? yeah i didn't um yeah i figured it was an adhd good- or something <laughs> Okay, I th- I, th- I thought if I this take epi- it, my family stays together. You know. It's yeah, I thought funny. this episode had some. There was some nice foreshadowing that I caught the second time around. Yeah, you know, yeah, things, me too. things like that. Yeah, but I really that didn't. That was referenced. Okay, I, now I see it coming together. Uh, yeah, I really didn't. Some see nice the... subtle writing you don't always get in, you know, a crazy sci-fi. Yeah, because I really didn't see the end game coming the first time around, and Nick is the one that susses it out and, and, and is like, well, in his little quest for his own drugs, he, he finds the power pills and he determines, I don't know how the hell, he, I don't care how much of a pill junkie you are, how you can just look at a pill and figure out that one's poison, but <laughs> I'm not a pill junkie, so I defer he to did. Nick's expertise on that. <laughs> <laughs> he part of, his, part of his explanation was that the family... Are not pill poppers, right? Right, and that okay. And to hide pills right. like that, yeah, there's got to be something weird about it's, them. It's something else, but yeah. But he, I also question Nick's, uh, given his age, his knowledge about Jonestown. Yeah, but good on him right. for the reference there. Right. Um, yeah, so Nick susses out that uh, when all else fails and the hordes finally bust down the fence, that uh, yeah, Dad is going to feed the Kool Aid to the kids and and himself and. You know, take that fun way out, uh, which I hate to say it is not an unreasonable situation in nope. in the apocalypse. Yeah. I would consider that myself for my own family. Yeah. Um, uh, we get a little bonding time with Chris and older son Seth going out to the the fence to do zombie cleanup. Right, um, right. That's the uh, I I called him the son with the gun. Yep. And the nice pickaxe. That was a damn nice pickaxe. And, uh, yeah, they're going out and... And, and that, that was where my theory about the timing, there was some inconsistency there. Mm-hmm. Because he talked about, well, we do this daily. You know, we get them off the fence daily and we clear the beach weekly. Right. Which to me implies we've done this for a number of weeks. And I, I'm not sure they've been that long. I don't know. No, I think that... I think Maybe. that matches up. As yeah. I said, that the first season in the time jump when the army comes in is several That's weeks. That's true. I yeah, think. they were they were sort of occupied yeah. by the army for a while. Okay. Yeah. See, I still like to think again, comparing it to the to the to the parent program. I still like to think that Rick is in is still in his coma at this point. Probably, I'm thinking because so and then too. and that's sort of my comparison. Yeah. Because he wakes up and it is over. 
Yeah, did we ever? Did they ever state how long he was down? I wonder. I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. So I, mean, I think we, we're still. We are still basically in the first ten minutes of episode one. Yeah. Of, the, of the of the real show. Yeah, which definitely. I like. Which I yeah. like. Yeah. Like I like exploring that uh, both that time frame and exploring it in a totally different setting. Yep. Yeah, you know, that would make sense too because when Rick, you know, finally finds Lori and everything, it's been long enough for her to start up shit yeah, with Shane and all that. At least, yeah. yeah. So I think they're yeah, so maybe that does tracking work. pretty maybe well that does on work. that. Yeah. yeah, and you know, we get you know, uh, uh, you know, back at the ranger station, the mom is talking to our mom, you know, and sort of as, as she says later. It felt like it was an interview. Yeah, that was immediately. And again, that's suspicious. something I didn't. I didn't catch that. I thought that was conversation. Yeah. And no, just, that felt a little weird to me too. Yeah, okay. She was, you know, well, especially n- not until she directly, you know, it's like, well, what about younger kids? And then mm-hmm. kind of the light bulb went off, and right. you know. And but I liked I liked uh, <laughs> one, of, one of her reactions into that was, uh, "Do you have any more wine? Yeah, <laughs> any more of the wine during, during the night. conversation? Yeah." yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, we're going to go there. Are we? Okay, I need to be drunk. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a cool scene between George and and, um, and Travis, him uh, yes. talking about how he's studied the Maori uh, mm-hmm. culture and all that. And, you know, it was kind of, it was, you know, kind of a setup where George is at and it's like, you know, the tribal land thing and you want to die on your right. your property and, and, you know, your your piece of the world. Um, come hell or high water, that's where you're going to make your stand. And and the actor is Maori. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. so yeah. So that's that's, know, so yeah, that's not you know. So you you figure now they use that they would have used whatever they needed if they hadn't had it. They would have if they hadn't had him on staff. They would have found an excuse to find someone else ethnic or someone else you know with that connection. Yeah, but I, like, I really but, like but, that but casting, like, and know. I like that they acknowledged his yep. his roots like that. And and I, I you know. Love the fact that he says, you know, your people, you know, some yeah. important. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. You're Maori. Yeah. So yeah. No one knows that. Yeah. <laughs> no one ever guesses that. And and no <laughs> one would have really guessed that if they hadn't said it in the show, which I think right. is nice. That's, exactly. that's an ethnicity that you would never really see or assume that you would see, you know, in a TV show. Or, you know, I'm sure everyone is just kind of, you know, made up their mind about his ethnicity as far as... Uh, I, I originally thought the actor was probably Indian, you know. Yeah, could be. Yeah. But, um, and, and, and and that's one of the nice things about setting the original... The original setting being Los Angeles is you can pull anybody from any melting pot you want to. Yeah, particularly... Put, put, put them in Los Angeles and it works. Yeah, yeah, particularly, you know, South Pacific cultures. <laughs> True, you know, yeah. You know. So, um... Yeah, where are we going? Well, anyway, Chris is, uh, proves to be very adept at, at zombie fence cleanup. And Travis finds him and is, is noticeably upset that Chris actually seems to be enjoying the job. But that's that speaks also of, of Travis's mind is still in the old world and can't even comprehend that his son is capable of this kind of savagery, but his son is getting on board with the real world a lot quicker right. than Travis is. Again, Travis is saying, yeah, my kids have chores. They yeah. have to clean their room. They take out the trash once a week. They don't, 
ice pick zombies and yeah, the, well, <laughs> chores are have, different at this point. You're going to have time. to reevaluate those chores. Yeah, now it's going to be fishing and yeah, uh, waste <laughs> removal from the boat and yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, and shooting people that are trying to get on the boat. Yeah, it's going to be a whole different ball ball game, Travis. Better get on board. Uh, yeah, and George does, you know, as they're talking out by the fence, you know, George is like, you know, or Travis is like, you know, I can't believe you're just giving up. He's like, I'm not giving up. I'm mending the fence, you know. I thought, so, I thought again, that was a nice line. Yeah. And, 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 and delivered really well, too. Yeah. I'm not giving up. And in a way, he has. He's got right. this this final solution planned, but I mean, it's it's not going to be. He's going to go down fighting. But he's doing know. what he can, where he can, for as long as he can. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. So I mean, they could have played George off as just super defeatist, and they, and that was a good scene to show that he hasn't that he's right. he's not just you know waiting. It's like I'm going to kill my family next Tuesday and just be done with it. You know, it's like they're going to make their last stand. Um. So now, eventually, oh, so now, now, you mentioned this before. You teased this, but back on the boat, you know, we're we're, we're cutting back, and uh, and uh, Reuben, Reuben Blades, mm-hmm. and the, and the boat captain have some conversations, and we're starting to realize that that he's got some secrets. Yeah. Um, again, uh, questioning whether it's even his boat. Yeah, in yeah. a pretty direct way, which I thought, okay. Yeah. And again, again, as you said, these are our two, these are our two alphas going at it. Yeah. In in a very low key but menacing way. Right, and uh, man, Ruben is just portraying he's, that awesome. He's killing it, I mean, yeah. he really is just this. I, I don't want to say he's not being passive aggressive, but he's just he's just so cool, and he's still calculating, but he's. He's also all out of F's to give at this point. Exactly. And uh, he's just going to say what's on his mind, and he's going to survive the best way he can. And you can see there's a scene with him and Ophelia that, you know, that she's becoming harder because of her father. And that was a nice scene that, you know, she she almost becomes the monster at that point. And he's like, we should just stay here. And, and Daniel's like, well, we haven't been invited. She's like, who that, cares? That's a quaint notion. Yeah. yeah or, which is, that's very polite of us. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, and she understands. They've got the numbers. Yeah, and he's if almost... They wanted, if they wanted this place, they could have it. And that almost shocks him a little bit. Because Absolutely. He's still... He still has a Travis mindset and that he still wants his kids to be innocent. And that's what, you know, his, he says that him and his wife had, had done all the horrible things they did to keep her protected. Right. And, but she's like, no, this world makes me understand now why you did those things. Cause it's a cruel world even before this happened, you know? So is it torture people cruel? We don't know. <laughs> you know, Dan, Daniel we'll did some out. bad stuff and we'll probably find out he did some even worse stuff, but um, he, he is definitely better equipped to survive in this mess than most of them. Uh, so hopefully he doesn't abandon the boat. Um, it may come down to him forcibly making Strand abandon the boat someday. Uh, I don't suspect that'll take too long if that, that's going to come to a head one way or another. Um, Daniel does a little snooping around, finds the mm-hmm. beauty of a weapon that uh, Strand's got hidden away, which really shouldn't be too much of a surprise, but also finds a map and some plans to go to Mexico. And then we cut to a scene which 
I thought was a flashback at first of Strand talking on the phone with someone because how the hell is anyone talking on a phone yet right now? I guess satellite with a satellite? If it's a sat phone, like oh, true, which you yeah. might have on a boat with that. I, I imagine that would stay up for a while. There's a, yeah, to me, yeah. a little self sufficiency there. I'm kind of I'm like 2002 technology guy, so I, <laughs> I don't know about all that stuff, but. Um, yeah, but that surprised me a little bit, and he's obviously yeah, but the got, question of who he's talking to yeah, and is the, what, the mystery. Who they're meeting, and they've got some big plans brewing, and, you know. Yeah, for a second I thought, well, is he running guns? But no, I think it's just the, he just had the one. Yeah. It seemed like. And I'm thinking maybe he could have been a big drug runner or something like that, but yeah. I mean, we haven't seen any of that. And, I don't know, that would be interesting. Nice, nice little mystery going on there. Um, Again, even when we met him back in, back in the jail... And he was dressed so nice. I still think he was dressed. He was dressed too nice for a successful insurance man. Still, I think. Yeah, I think and I don't think something we ever else found out why the, he was in there. Yeah, yeah, but with those huge, with the with the cufflinks that were worth so much, and the uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. in uh, maybe in California, yeah. maybe in L.A. That's where the insurance market is buzzing. I don't know. Well, in, in earthquake insurance can't be cheap. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Strand is, has got something brewing, and uh, that remains to be seen what that is. Um, Maddie and Melissa, as you were saying, have a little talk. Finally, Melissa, you know, Maddie confronts her and was like, oh, you left that light on on purpose, didn't you? And, and she finally admits to it um, to lure the boat into the ranger station. And um, I don't know, there's kind of somewhere in there, Strand finds out that the, which I thought was kind of a cop out of the boat that was following them and suddenly veered off and they can leave now, um, which I thought was kind of a plot oh, yeah. hole because it seemed like in the episode before they, he, I mean, maybe they were hiding. Their, I, mean, I mean, they sort of picked that place because they could hide. So maybe it hid so well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but it sounded like they were tracking him and, and right. right on him, and there was probably going to be Alicia's radio boyfriend there, yeah. but that may still happen too. So, right. sure. but, yeah, but but we, we find out that uh, Ranger Mom has MS, Yeah, and she's not dying anytime soon necessarily, but it's coming, and she'll grow weak, and, and etc. Yeah, she's, and she's smart enough to know that she'd be a burden on any group yeah, that she's and, in. And as we learn from prior conversations, Ranger Dad is not leaving the island. Yeah. And Again, the value of land and family and and ancestral and all of that, you know, sort of has has informed his his character. Yeah. And so Maddie talks, or Melissa talks, Maddie into agreeing to take the the two younger kids. Which, of course, she goes and talks to Travis about, and not Strand first, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and there's another plot hole. It almost sounds like, felt like there was a deleted scene that Travis is like, well, I'll go talk to George about it. And then we just cut right to them packing the kids up. <laughs> it's like there was no conversation right. with George, clearly, because he comes in and, and was like, what's Whoa, going on? Hello. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Melissa starts pleading with him, and it almost looks like she might have gotten through to him. And then all of a sudden, young Harry comes down and is like, something's wrong with Willa. And she worst case scenario. Magic, she's taking her magic pill. Yeah, which, man, they, they, they upped the uh, the horror factor on that real quick in this Ouch. episode. 
Because she did not stay dead for long. No, and mommy's, you know, obviously, oh, my baby, my baby, and then baby starts chewing on her neck. just saying, don't, put her down, don't. Which seemed, I... That seemed like a quick turn, but maybe when you're that young. Oh, well, they've been doing that throughout the show. It's kind of been inconsistent that way. Um, You know, people all turn at different different levels it's almost of plot convenience, plot convenience as far as yeah. what the the time limit is yeah i mean to jim in the first season of the regular walking dead took like a fucking week to turn you know after being right, bitten right <laughs> and uh, you know he left the poor guy tied to a tree <laughs> and he was still going um but yeah just for plot convenience i guess people can turn like that so uh, and you would think, I, you know, I, I think Melissa was maybe committing suicide at that point because they, yeah, they've be. known enough about this world that she knows right. that she probably shouldn't be holding her dead kid for very long. Uh, but, yeah, that, that turned as bad as we would expect. And, and the um, dad says, cool, take the boy, just go. Yeah, and then, uh, and then yeah, and, 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 overzealous and, son comes and gets him back. Yeah, son, son with a gun says no to that. Yeah, and at first, dad, dad has changed his mind, but he doesn't believe dad would ever change his mind. Yeah, and I, cruel as it was, Strand had a great line. He's like, "Put it back where you found it." Oh man, that was, that was harsh. <laughs> yeah, throw it back. It's too small. <laughs> and that's essentially what he said. Children are the epitome of dead weight. Throw it back in the water. It's not big enough. <laughs> See now, now it is interesting though, because if we're going back to old timey days. You know, sort of in in agricultural days, children were assets. Yeah, well, you'd want to you, you want, want you wanted to try to have twelve of them because five and, of them would survive. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that too. But yeah. <laughs> you know, you just think about at least in in in, uh, in my case, you go back a couple generations, grandma and grandpa up there in upstate New York on the yeah. on the apple farms. You know, yeah. where one of twelve and one of eleven, that sort of thing. You know, huge families. And yeah, you're originally from my old hometown there area. There you go. And in and, and, and a lot of ways, you know, kids are viewed these days as liabilities, yeah. you know, for the cost as much as anything else. Yeah. But I think, and again, back in, 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 in the days that are coming in Walking Dead world, you know, maybe there'll be assets again. Well, if we want to keep the population of living people going. Well, there's something to... <laughs> to be said about that. Yeah. Um, you know, this this show goes ten seasons. We'll probably have a, a an Alicia Chris pairing, even yeah, though they're uh, kind of step siblings. But yeah. you can't get too picky when you're out on nope, the sea. Nope, nope. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think Victor, Mister Strand, uh, obviously has some plans, and wherever he's going, uh, I think he views right. children as not an asset. Yes, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But there's uh, that great line at the end with uh, with Daniel talking to Ophelia. Yeah. About uh you know, because mom has found them as well. Yeah. And it's uh can't can't you do something? Yeah. Kid got a rifle. Yeah. It's like he's got a handle. Ooh. Yeah, it's his family. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I question how much we'll see of uh I mean I've seen some previews, like previews of the whole season that has like I don't know, I think one of them was Maddie with a gun to Chris's head. I mean, there's all kinds of fun stuff <laughs> right, that's yeah. coming, to be sure. And uh, I, as cool a character as Daniel is, I don't know if the Clark family is going to be able to rely on him as far as loyalty too much. Although he seems to be 
somewhat loyal in, in the respect that they saved each other's lives now a couple times. So we're now, I thought up up until that last scene, you know, up until those last five minutes or so of, of the show, I thought, no wonder if they're going to come back to this location. Yeah, you know, you check in on this family in episode seven or eight on their way back from wherever they're going. But thinking, uh, that seems unlikely now. No, and I'm that thinking family we, is pretty I'm much done. But. Thinking Dad probably died off scene with with Mom, yeah, possibly, exactly. and uh, Seth's maybe going back to clean that up too. And yeah. it might be just be Seth and and young Harry left too. Yep. In, yeah, in that mix, yep. um, and they'll be taking their power pills They're together. Pills, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So a real down ending to what could have been kind of a more hopeful episode, but that's the world we live in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and the minnow sails out to sea to, to greater horizons or greater horrors, I guess. So uh, see. we shall see. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, you know, I'm I'm committed. I'm a completist. I don't know yeah. if the regular I, I... Walking Dead has lost me or not. I watched all seasons of True Blood, so if I give up on The <laughs> Walking Dead, I really can't call myself a, a TV viewer with any integrity. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's that it's that completionist <laughs> comic book thing that we have too. And I, yeah. you know, when when new shows come out every fall, I have to think, okay, do I want to watch the first episode because if yeah. so, I'm going to be in for all 17 seasons. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know? I, and it's like, do I want to make this lifetime commitment? Oh, I know. Because once I, I start, it's and that's hard, why it's, it's I hard as to a stop. rule I as a rule wait a few years now and, yeah, and yeah, check the some, reviews and see how long it goes. There's wisdom in that, yeah. And then binge watch because yeah. there have been a few shows that have come out, like a couple like look like really cool like science fiction shows that came out a few years ago. I think one was called Surface. Right. You know, they were kind of alien-oriented but also ocean-oriented, which are two of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And, and these days you can do that. You can wait a couple seasons. Yeah. See if the show's going to be a hit. And then in the off-season, Hulu it or Netflix it or whatever and get caught up. Like one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was starting to watch. I read about this show called Carnival. Um, mm, right. I think Showtime or HBO. And um, loved some of the actors that were going to be in it and, and read some good reviews of the first season. So I rented it on you know, DVD, and I think I I watched the first season on DVD and then watched the second on HBO, and then it was done. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> we want was, more Clancy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was very proud of myself back in the day. I was able to stop watching Heroes. Yeah. It had gotten so bad. No, I wasn't. I was I didn't, able to skip the last season with a clean conscience. I did not go back for Heroes Return, no, though. I'm no, proud no. of that, because that <laughs> apparently crashed and burned just as badly. yes. yes. <laughs> Oh yes, what a waste! Yeah, so I'm so I'm in. I I'm in for watching this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just just for the pure fact that I don't know where it's going, and that's right. that's good enough for me. And on I mean, the practical basis, is most of my other shows will be ending in the yeah. next month or so, right? Yeah, and I gotta you know. So you, get, you, you need a little summer viewing. You gotta spring, get some, spring and summer you know, to get me through the rage of the other one. Yeah. <laughs> heartbreakers. Yeah, They're heartbreakers. Uh, they task me, <laughs> and I shall have him. <laughs> but again, like we said, I like the fact that we don't know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Well, it's up to you, uh, Professor Allen. You can keep doing these with me if you're, if you're going to be a diligent viewer like well, we me. Can, uh, we can invite others. Yeah. I'll gladly we'll be, be your backup man. Sounds good. <laughs> 
But, all right, this has been a five-minute freak of Fear the Walking Dead, episodes one and two of season two, and uh, we'll be back with you next week sometime to do episode three. One of us, or both of us, or (laughs) me and other people. Who knows? But don't forget to click on that Amazon link and all that good stuff, and thanks for joining us. Professor Alan Middleton, final thoughts? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, bye, kids. Mother sighing. News had just come over. We had five years left crying. News guy wept and told us Earth was really dying. Cried so much his face was wet. Then I knew. He was not lying I heard telephones Opera house Favorite melodies I saw boys Toys Electric irons and TVs My brain hurt like a warehouse It had no room to spare I had to cram so many things to store Everything in there And all the fat skinny people And all the tall short people children If the black hadn't pulled her off I think she would have killed them A soldier with a broken arm Fixed his stare to the wheels of a Cadillac Cop knelt and kissed the feet of a priest And a queer threw up at the sight of that I saw you in an ice cream parlor Drinking milkshakes cold and long Smiling and waving and looking so fine Don't think you knew you were in the song And it was cold and it rained